So anyway, like I, I, I says to Mabel, I says to her, right? So Nathan, I says to her, you told her fifty dollars, just like in town, right? And 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 she made a big deal out of it. It's like I've seen that movie, Mabel. No, no, that's that's well, that's Mabel through and through, isn't it? Oh, someone's at the door. Hey, you oh. crazy kids. How you doing, Hepcats? What's going on? Oh, no. Um, Hi. I heard habit. you guys were watching some movies recently, You and you look sadder than Kaiser Wilhelm in 1919. What's going on, fellas? Oh, God. How Nathan, how did, Dennis, how did Dennis Miller get in here? Uh, I don't know. Lax immigration standards? Come on, guys. This ain't no Prince of Persia from 1998. Let's, this, is, this is some straight-ass stuff, kids. Well, I mean, I guess, you know, video game references, that's cool. Um, uh-huh. You never... guys you guys watch Bordello of Blood, I see. Uh, I heard tell I... on the internet. Oh, Yeah, 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 we, okay. we watched it. And, well, it's you know, good, it's the... good. you got to understand that this is this movie's sort of, uh, it's a black narcissist uh, uh, mixed with uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, brief encounters, kind of how I describe it, and a little bit of... Uh, you know, the Tales from the Crypt milieu thrown in there and a little bit of Evil Dead just for fun takes. Hmm. Okay. Um, I hope you liked it. It's a masterpiece as far as I'm concerned, babe. A piece is definitely a word that I would use to start to describe it. <laughs> Talk about a piece, my co-star. How about her, babe? Wow. Uh, Ass on that. Let me tell you. Different time. I took advantage of it. I was like a kid in a candy store. I was like, uh, I was like, howdy doody. Getting a hand up my ass is what I'm saying, babe. Did oh, he just say he got fisted by Andy Everhart? I, I, listen, Nathan, as long as he doesn't get into his current politics, well, we should be fine. Oh, you guys see. voting Trump this year? Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. We, we can't. We're, we're Canadian. Oh, well, I mean, it don't matter. Not this year, babe. Look, you just get yourself a mail-in ballot. It's all going to be fine. They're going to take Trump's mail-in ballots. It's all going to be great. It's going to be like, uh, did you ever see that movie, uh, uh, Go-Between? You're going to be like that kid in the Go-Between for Joe Biden and Donald Trump who are going to be fucking in some room nearby. Babe, you get what I'm saying? Not really, no. Well, then you ain't been listening. This is exhausting. Now, look, I don't want to get off on a rant here, but I think you two guys got a bit of aggression in you toward me in my movies. I don't think you're going to treat it right. I think you're going to treat it like Ron Howard in American Graffiti treated his fucking hot rod, babe. Got to put her to the floor. Run her right off the end of the cliff. I haven't seen the movie. I assume that's what happens, kid. I I thought he was... Eat My Dust would have been a way better reference for him to make there. I don't know why he went with American Graffiti. The reference didn't even make sense. That's not what happens in the film. (sighs) You ever see Cannonball Run 2? That's oh, a great movie, babe. Oh Burt Reynolds, God. that's a guy. It's the we mustache. Gotta, can't, we gotta get rid of this guy. Yeah, we got a segue or something. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, hey, uh, Dennis, uh, yeah. how about those one more things? Oh, look, uh, one more thing here. Uh, I gotta tell you, right before I go, I gotta tell you, this time right here with you guys is better than a threesome with Nikki Haley and Carl Rove. So... That's about the highest praise I could offer anybody. I know you guys are assholes, but I'm not going to hold it against you. So before I go, I just want to say keep it real, keep it clear, and you two are going to be like Adolf Hitler in 1945 outside the bunker, babe. You're going to be a pile of ashes. All right, I'm out. Bye. Oh, yeah, before I go, then uh, one more thing. Live from New York, it's What Were They Thinking? Now. The question always 
Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> yeah, like boo and stuff. To- totally boo, dude. Boo yeah. for sure. Chains dangling. Whoa. Oh. Wolf howl. Right? Uh, beer drink. <laughs> that is scary. <laughs> um, it is October. It is schlock, mock, shock, rocktober, whatever you want to call it. I don't care. We're doing horror movies this month, as we do every year. I'm Brendan. I'm Nathan. This is What Were They Thinking? This is a podcast about bad to questionable movies. And that is what we're doing. Because Deet. we are talking about a very special film <laughs> from <laughs> 1996 called Tales from the Crypt Presents... Bordello of blood. Uh, Bordello of blood. (laughs) (laughs) Stick around for Dream On. It's the best show on television. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So, Bordello of blood. And, of course, uh, we naturally, because this movie stars Dennis Miller, we picked the Dennis Miller of this podcast. In terms of references, <laughs> yes, not politics. obscure references, yes. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, making his return from Cobb County, Georgia. He's doing Jason hard time. McLeod. Bad country. Wait, wrong podcast. <laughs> oh, what was that? So glad to be here back with you fellows for this film. It's nice that you thought of me, because uh, I'd never seen this movie, and uh, why, why didn't I? I don't why know. Why didn't I? <laughs> so I'm here to commiserate with you guys about what we saw. It's funny that you mentioned, like, why didn't you? I mean, Jason, this movie's been in the zeitgeist for years and years. I never <laughs> stop hearing about it. Every day. <laughs> I'll tell you this. this. <laughs> I'll tell you this, babe. Um, when uh, this movie was coming out, I was a thousand percent on board before I even saw a, a trailer because I, I saw... I heard about they were making another Tales from the Crypt movie. I loved Demon Knight. And uh they uh they got Angie Everhart and I was like, oh and it's about it's it's about vampire horrors. I'm like, oh we're gonna see her boobs. Yes. <laughs> yes. Don't forget I was a teenager at that point. Yes. So I mean I would that is hundred percent why I was on board and, and why I saw this movie as many times as I did back in the day. <laughs> so you weren't disappointed. No, no. <laughs> it, 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 in in my in in regards to me, uh, it delivered what it promised. So. Correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're wrong. Well, hold the phone, um, so it doesn't ring, and a celebrity <laughs> doesn't call us in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> but as they are wont uh, to, <laughs> they, sometimes it happens. Yep. But I don't believe we do see her boobs, do we? I think we see other people. We boobs. see a lot of them. But I don't believe Angie Everhart ever does. Well, here's the True. thing. like, uh, And I, I think that's what we call the Mandela effect. <laughs> <laughs> or it's just the fact that I, I was lost in such a, a smorgasbord of breasts that I never mm-hmm. even noticed that. You they did. all run together. I mean, I, honestly, as far as I'm concerned, Dennis Miller showed off his tits in the movie. So, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, the only pair that really stood out to me was the girl with the triple nipple piercing. Mm. Yeah, total recall. <laughs> but before we gross everyone out... <laughs> Um, we should talk about. So I want to do want to mention the budget for this movie. 
Uh, does anyone want to uh, take a guess? Hmm. Ten million. Uh, it's either seven hundred million dollars, <laughs> or it was fifty dollars, and everybody in the cast got free peanuts. You're both wrong, but oh. I think Nathan may be closer. Okay. Uh, two two and a half million dollars. Wow. Really? Wow. Mm. I mean, when I tell you later where most of, where some of that went, it's you, all up on the screen, folks. <laughs> it would have to Le- be it for that budget. Legitimately, legitimately, it is not. <laughs> um, this movie made how much? Do you think at the box office? Five million. Either seven hundred million dollars <laughs> or fifty dollars and a bag of peanuts somebody left in the theater. Nathan, you're very close. Five point six million. Oh, so it made money. It's a hit. Yeah, it, technically, technically a hit. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I think it, it got trashed pretty hard. So they were like, you know, we're done. <laughs> I don't understand that. I don't. I don't understand that mentality. Well, because I, I mean, it was. It's a Tales from the Crypt movie. It wasn't. It, you had a 50-50 chance at best for it being treated well by critics. Uh, this is the kind of movie that you have to register by the audience reaction and the money that they spend on it. Well, I mean, 5.6 is your money back, but it's not great when you're trying to build a franchise. No, but it's still, it's, it's, it's your, it's, well, it's, it's double your, it's your money back plus, you know, the other, again, because you said it was two and a half million. But I mean, to justify making other ones, I think they need to be doing a little better than that. I don't know. You talk to Bloomhouse about that sort of stuff, babe. <laughs> yeah, no, but they. But that's the thing. Bloomhouse makes movies for like five million that make like eighty million. So it's a huge difference there. They didn't start like out like that, though. I mean, two and a half at five. And some yeah. of their movies don't always do that well. Mm. So. Also, this is a studio, so I feel like the. And I'm not saying this is correct. I'm just trying to figure out why they might do this. Mm. I, I feel oh like no, it's also I like, I get it's more studio than anything else. I think, um, feel like it's possibly uh, some studio head was like, you know, Tales from the Crypt apparently doesn't elicit a lot of interest, so maybe we should stop. That was my question, guys. Now, Nathan, you're I think a little bit older than me. I'm 36. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you know better than I do. But what was the cultural catchit of? Tales from the Crypt as a franchise in 1995 or six or whenever this movie came. 95, out. Like, yeah, I think it was just it was coming, uh, it was coming down on the tail end of its popularity. I mean, it was hmm. it's definitely more of like a when I think of it, I think of it more of a you know a late 80s, early 90s yeah. thing. Because um, it was like an HBO series, wasn't it? It was, yeah, it was an HBO series. Um, I remember was, uh, you know watching it. Um, in reruns um, after midnight on like uh, some local affiliate. So at that point, it had already been on for five years because they were doing reruns. Okay. Also, um, that joke, the joke about uh, stay tuned for Dream On, it's the breast show on television, um, was a <laughs> gag from Mystery Science Theater. But it is literally something that they would do. Yeah. as a promo or something so you think about when dream on was on television that'll give you the idea about the time same time you know <laughs> tales from the crypt was popular you know same times you'd be tuning in for arliss i believe now maybe i'm crazy but i feel like there was a cartoon version of this at some point because tales, I have vague tales memories. from the crypt keeper okay yes all right it was a cartoon it's weird wasn't that weird how back in like the 80s and 90s you would take these like hard r adult franchises and then convert them into children's tv shows and toys like they did it with terminator they did it with robocop they did it with a bunch of that shit they tried to do it with aliens 
Oh God, yeah. <laughs> Wait, I gotta, I gotta see the cartoon version of that scene in RoboCop where he's just getting the fuck, he's just getting shot the fuck yeah, up. Shot shit. And then when he shoots the guy in the balls, it's yeah. fast. Yeah. Or the yeah. time that uh, Red Foreman shows up and says, "Bitches leave." Bitches leave. He's like, kind, kind ladies, exit. <laughs> um, Bordello of Blood, nineteen ninety six, starring Dennis Miller, as we said before, but. It, Hold your hold your horses, folks, because he doesn't show up about, until about twenty minutes into the film. Because we start out in a in an, an area called Tierra del Fuego. Yes, and I, I don't know about you guys, but but when I started watching this scene, I assumed this happened a hundred and fifty years in the past. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it definitely had a very uh, f- or like a phantom type vibe to it. I don't know if yeah, you've seen the and then yeah, because the phantom. It, it blew my mind. It blew my mind too, because when you see, so this character, this little, he's a little person. Uh, also, question: Is that the same little person who was on uh, uh, Seinfeld? I don't know. Who's Kramer's buddy? And they like went out to auditions together. Nathan, do you remember this guy? Um, the only thing that really struck me about him is that I I remarked that he looked like a, a little person, Chuck Norris. He, yes, that was my exact first thought as well. I have it in my notes that yes, he looked like a little Chuck Norris, and I was scared. So, so this guy, I think his name is Vincent. Yes, yeah. Vincent. Yeah. So he's there to find. Like we don't know what he's there to find at first. He's there to find some kind of treasure, and he has a bunch of stereotypes helping him out. A bunch of Mexican mercenaries, I <laughs> <Yeah>. guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, what's crazy about this scene is like later on when we see him again. Yeah. I, I, like you, I was like, wait, what? Is, is he, he immortal? A- yeah, I was like, did he not age? <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> But he's leading these people um, into some cavern or something, <laughs> and and he's looking for the most horrible woman that ever lived. Mm. Mm. Yes, yeah. Sarah Sanders. Oh, <laughs> Caitlin McEnany, Eleanor Roosevelt. Um, <laughs> oh wait, Sandra Bernhard. There you go. Oh, <laughs> guys, this is getting bad now. I don't care for her. <laughs> Laura Ingram. There you go. But but her name is Lilith. Ann Coulter. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, it was Ann Coulter, I think, in that grave. I mean, she has a different name in the movie, but it was her. So the most horrible woman that's ever the world has ever known, he says they find Lilith. And she is a uh, she is a skeleton in a coffin. And, of course, the metaphor, because wasn't Lilith in the Bible, was like the, I don't know, she did was Lilith try to fuck Adam? Adam's second wife, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Harlot. I think in the Bible it, it does say that quote. Uh, Lilith then tried to fuck Adam. <laughs> yeah, no, they they were very direct back then. Yeah, that's why the Bible makes so much sense. <laughs> Get, out. <laughs> Get out right now. I interpret everything in that book one hundred percent on the nose. <laughs> it's one hundred percent true if you believe it's one hundred percent true. So sixty percent of the time it works all the time. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. <laughs> he was. It doesn't look like he was ever on uh, uh, Seinfeld. By the by. Oh, Although okay. he was yeah, on I'd... Sabrina the Teenage Witch and Touched by an Angel. He was, he was on Walker, Texas Ranger with Chuck Norris. Did he play Chuck's little brother? I wish. He played a guy named Big Hack. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course he did. He was probably a computer hacker. <laughs> <laughs> so Lilith. <laughs> Lilith. Um, they find this one, and of course the Mexican stereotypes are like, what the fuck is this? You brought us here for this bullshit? And Vincent takes out a box. Yeah. It's like a puzzle box, it looks like. Mm. But it's got four pieces of her heart in it. And he says, I have to return her heart to her body. And then, well, wait till you see what happens, boys. <laughs> and he puts in, and of course, guys, this is a horror movie, so nothing happens right away. Yeah. And Vincent is very upset. 
By the way, the heart in the box, in my mind, is the most interesting thing about this movie. The most, like, original kind of idea of, like, having the little, like, um, the each of the pieces of wood to separate it into four pieces so it doesn't reform. Like, yeah. I thought that was really cool. And that, unfortunately, I think was the peak. That was it. That yeah. was barely mentioned. Yeah. Well, because we mentioned did. it a little later, but that's it. Also, as this is a Tales from the Crypt horror movie, we are treated to acres and acres of terrible puns. Uh, for example, mm. when uh, Vincent puts the heart into Lilith and he says, I really know how to turn a woman on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because it does, it does start to work and then it stops. <laughs> well, wait till our star shows up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so, yeah, he puts the heart in the body. Nothing happens. And then, of course, Lilith starts sitting up and just fucking murdering Mexicans. Yeah. Um, pretty, uh, some, some some decent gore. Well, the, the tongue to the crotch was uh, particularly <laughs> impressive. Yeah. Some early or some mid-90s CG action, I would say. Uh, oh, I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt there was CG anywhere here. For the amount of money they had, oof. That's true. It looked better than that. Um. Yeah, so he, he basically, yeah, he, he brings her back to life. And then we learn this other thing that, again, they don't really go back to a whole lot, that he has this key. Yes. Uh, the key, the Demon Knight key. Yeah. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> That's the, that is the exact yeah. prop uh, from Demon Knight. That the, That's the one connection. <laughs> that William Sadler was carrying around uh, fighting Billy Zane. Oh, right. William Sadler plays the mummy. So there you go. There's another mm. connection. Yeah. So, yeah, he has the Demon Knight key, and basically that gives him control over Lilith. And he's like, all right. If I if I let you have one more Mexican heart, will you uh, come with me? And she's like, "Yes, lover," <laughs> and just fucking kills that last dude. And that's the opening scene. Smash cut to a mummy talking about his prior film projects with the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> See, I thought it, I thought this was him telling, uh, like, doing a, a pitch. To... He was pitching it, but then he also was like reminiscing like an old aging film star. Mm. See, and that and that was the thing for me, like when when th- that happened, and then we go to the uh, the table where they're talking, and it sounds like you know the, the mummy is is pitching this idea to the crypt keeper. I'm like, um, okay, so okay, that's not and that's not the movie. But then when she of course shows up in the movie, and then he as Vincent shows up in the movie, I'm like, wait a second, is this related to the? The mummy's pitch from the first of the movie, <laughs> and, and and also, man, like this scene with the the mummy and the crypt keeper, it just shows me how truly low the budget is because yeah. there's all this stuff going on off screen. Like you could see he's talking to someone past the camera, and we never yeah. see who that is. <laughs> like it's just on that one table and barely any background yeah. stuff going on. Yeah, I will say though, I love that crypt keeper puppet, and I enjoyed. Uh, I thought it was very well articulated and and looked quite good uh, in this movie. I'm sure that they've had that puppet on hand, but uh, you know, I, I enjoy that character. And and given that this is a, a Tales from the Crypt movie, I guess we wouldn't expect anything less than having at least a couple segments with the crypt keeper. Would it, we? Well, and, and that said, that you have to you bookend it basically, kind of like an episode. I was going to say, it does make this whole thing feel like a TV show, though. Especially when you figure in the way the credits look, like the credits yeah. as they run look like a TV credits. And this does feel like an extended episode of a it TV does. show, for sure. With less, pl- with less plot. And then, of course, has a has a Tales from the Crypt uh, Twilight Zone-esque ending that mm-hmm. then feels very much like an episode, too. Well, we'll get into oh, that. Will. Don't worry. Um, but the mummy is, uh, he's like, this place isn't big enough for the both of us. And I wrote down, of course it is. There's like four people there, (laughs) but the mummy beats the crypt keeper in rock, paper, scissors and cuts off his hand. Uh, so we go to the film Bordello of Blood Yeah, and we meet, um, her name is Erica Alaniac or something. She plays, uh, 
Is, what's her name? I want to say Lisa. Uh, Catherine. Catherine. Catherine Ver. Catherine Verdo. Yeah. So she's yeah. she's super religious. She's living that Christian life, and uh, her brother is definitely not because he is a tough dude. He is a tough leather jacket biker <laughs> dude played by Corey fucking Feldman. Absolutely. Yeah. The toughest motherfucker in 1995. <laughs> oh, man. And he is just like, listen, listen, dude. I just want to get him to have some fun. What do you think? I'm going to hell? And already the dialogue yeah. is just, ooh, just chef's kiss. But again, that's... <sighs> I can't take away from this movie before that simply because no. that is an earmark of Tales from the Crypt. Like, through and yeah, through. This, the show this, was like that. The movies are like that, babe. The whole thing has that tone of silliness that, yeah. yes, is clearly There has to be some campiness to it. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, so Corey Feldman naturally wants to go and party, so he goes to the bar and meets up with his dudes. Yeah. Oh, the, the skull noses. <laughs> the nose ring gang. Yeah. Oh, so many weird piercings. One of did the you notice in hates- Corey Feldman's room that he had a Demon Knight poster? Oh, I didn't. He That's did. Cool. He had a Demon Knight poster and a No Effects' Drunken Public poster. <laughs> um, or Punk and Drublick. That's it. Sorry. But anyway, they're all hanging out, drinking beer, smoking, having fun, playing darts. Uh, Corey Feldman... He- <laughs> He's like he's gonna throw a dart at his at his friend's crotch, and like his other friends are like trying to outbid him, so he does it, and his friend is outbidding, so he doesn't. And I'm like, why doesn't he just walk away? Yeah, but Mm. he won't. Well, maybe that's the joke. Ultimately, is the guy is like he seems scared, and then he's like, okay, I'll take the bet. Let's do it. And of course, (laughs) he hits him right in the nuts. Oh, hilarious. Hmm. Um. So they're just, they're still just hanging out, you know. They want to get laid or whatever, and this leads to something I do I do want to play a clip. I know we don't play clips often on this show, but there is a gentleman who approaches them, and his act his performance is uh, mesmerizing. To get laid, boys, sooner or later. Used to get laid sooner and later. <laughs> Boys, I know a place not too far from here where you can get the best goddamn piece of ass in the whole goddamn world. They got girls that'll do things there aren't even names for. Why don't you get fucked? (laughs) I'm talking about getting fucked so good you might be able to crawl three days later. Okay, okay. Sounds pretty intense, all right, man? 325 Beaumont. Ask for the Cunningham Boyk. Ladies and gentlemen, Lars Ulrich. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Like, just, it's, this movie is already, like, obviously silly and yeah. everything, but he comes in and just, like, he is, like, in another dimension. Oh, he's a completely, yeah, completely <laughs> different level. It's amazing. Yeah. And, and that's the fun of it is that he, he acts like nobody acts. And, and if you or I were in that situation, we'd just be like, get the fuck away from us, you crazy person. Wait, are you guys saying that you wouldn't, much like Corey Feldman and one of his friends, be like, that sounds like a pretty good idea? Exactly. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's it. They're just so they're like, okay, yeah, this guy's clearly insane, but yeah, it's still a good idea. So let's go. We want to get laid. So why I mean, not? Yeah, he said, he said there would be women. <laughs> the best goddamn piece of goddamn. 
damn ass you ever had. Uh, and it was at this point, because some of the credits were still rolling, that I noticed that uh, Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis had uh, hands in this. You know what, Nathan? This would be a good time to mention this this behind-the-scenes little tidbit here. Sure. <laughs> uh, so Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis actually have a, have a story-by credit because they actually wrote an early draft of this movie in 1973. Oh, wow. Um, basically, they were going to make an exploitation movie about a whorehouse full of vampires, which is kind of what we get here. Uh, they produ- They actually pitched it to John Milius, crazy man John Milius in the uh-huh. 70s. Mm. Uh, just it didn't end up happening, and they ended up collaborating on 1941 instead. Ah, why not? Uh, yeah, and so Milius was basically like, you know what? The, the, the movie that they were going to make was pretty darn good. So because they kind of went off that to write a new, completely different script, yeah. um, that's why they have that credit there. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to I was really going to say, I was like, they what that that is not right that can't no. be right no they have li- almost zero percent to do with this script <laughs> I, I thought it might have been a situation where one of them or the, they were like drunkenly in a bar one night went into the bathroom and they were like taking a piss and someone overheard them go what if there was a movie about hugging whores <laughs> that are vampires and it's like that's enough he's got a credit <laughs> Send yeah, Bob, check. Bob Zemeckis just getting drunk at the company party, Christmas yeah. party again. So it's kind of like um, the guy who created Fast and the Furious gets a credit in every Fast and the Furious movie, yep. even though he hasn't had a hand in it for decades. Right. And okay. it also um, should be noted that uh, this re- this movie was made to appease Robert Zemeckis, though, because he was going to go to DreamWorks and they were like, no, 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 we'll pay for the rights to adapt this movie that you've already worked on and please stay at Universal. So ah. he stayed and then they made this. <laughs> wow. That was that was the thing that kept him there. That's crazy to think. Yeah. Bordello of Blood kept Robert Zemeckis at Universal. <laughs> the more you know. Uh, so Corey Feldman and his buddy go to this uh, funeral home, sla- uh, mortuary slash whorehouse. Mm. As <laughs> the best kind. I yeah. mean, uh, to the two best places in one place. If you have a heart attack, it's right there. Exactly. <laughs> Convenience. Um, and, and these guys are apparently so horny that like this old guy that comes to the door and greets them literally points a gun at them and tells them to get into a casket. And then after the casket goes through this little tunnel and arrives at the whorehouse uh, portion, they're like... Okay, well, the ra- the other stuff was weird, but we're here, guys. Let's not undersell this, Brendan. That tunnel was a crematorium with fire in it. So if it this guy was was just fucking with them, they were going to burn to death, and they still were willing to take that risk to get their dicks wet. So well, this well, goes into the nonplussed reactions uh, for <laughs> next year's Manos. Yeah, a hundred percent. But it, but like. Just the fact that when they get out, though, and they see all the girls, it's like they forget everything else that just happened. Because yeah, no, <laughs> like, there's a cornucopia of breasts. A, a literal cornucopia. Everywhere. They're <laughs> everywhere. Mm-hmm. You reach- I mean, that's it. That's all I can say is they're everywhere. And if I'd have been, you know, 13 watching this movie, that would have been the part that got the bad tracking from pausing. <laughs> I don't know why you would have needed to pause because there is <laughs> more than just this scene. Look, I, I like to go deep. That's just that's just me. Let's examine. <laughs> oh look, I think she might have a precancerous mole. Oh. <laughs> oh, Jesus, I better look. Think I just care. That's all, guys. I care. That's, you are a carer. I didn't send them a letter in the mail, D- dear lady who was in this movie background extra with the tits. Please get this checked out. Love, Jason. <laughs> You're a carer, not a sharer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of naked ladies. 
And uh, the other guy, Corey Feldman's buddy, goes with one prostitute. And I'm like, you know what? I know this is like you're going in there to have sex and stuff, Mm. but stop making out with that prostitute. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Keep your mouth to yourself, bud. As a matter of fact, most prostitutes don't do that sort of thing. No. No, that's what I mean. Like, That's an extra charge as far as I'm concerned. Uh, That's an upsell. That's the girlfriend experience as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. You can't buy that. (laughs) Maybe for some price, but... It's out of my range. So yeah, so this is so the other dude is like making out with this girl, and then uh, Angie Everhart walks into the room. Ooh. Lilith, of which you're like, oh yeah, from the beginning of the movie, I guess it is related. <laughs> and she sticks her tongue down his throat and pushes his heart out of his chest. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Don't eat your heart out, babe. Oh yeah, there's just, some pretty cool practical effects in this movie, all told. There, there are some for two and a half million of, dollars. There's some really good practical effects yeah. in this movie. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to tell you. Oh, I can't wait to tell you the other thing. But yeah, she pushes his heart out with her tongue. But I was gonna say, there's a lot of like, uh, there's a few one-liners where I was like, you know, kind of chuckled and stuff. But there's a lot that are really reaching. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then in the other room, Corey Feldman is with the Total Recall girl. Well, no, she doesn't have three boobs. She's she's got three nipples, so she's more of the she's more of a Priscilla Barnes from Mallrats. Half half recall. No, she doesn't have three <laughs> boobs. She got three nipples. One of them's probably prosthetic and tastes like strawberry. Nathan, the mathematical <laughs> equation is half a boob is a nipple. Half recall. You know what my favorite part of this scene is? First off, I just want to mention the, uh, the line she says when she when she puts the heart with the tongue out. I think the line is, I, I wrote it down, don't eat your heart out, baby, that's my job. Yes. Yeah, yeah so yes. a little stretch. Uh, no, no, the best part of this scene is Corey Feldman, when this lady comes in, he kind of looks at them in there and he just kind of goes, whoa, two chicks, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I love how, like, aggressively he's trying to play cool in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> So Corey Feldman dies too, and I don't even remember how this happens. It's kind of off screen. Well, right? he well, does, we, but he doesn't. Yeah, he, he gets turned into a vampire. Spoiler alert! Because we see him come back later. Yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, twenty-one minutes into the movie, introducing Dennis Miller, the hey, star babe. of the film. I'm here, babe. I get to use my fun lines, babe. <laughs> First, I'm going to talk about how the cops are a terrible institution, babe. Right. Uh, here's the thing: like he might get he might get billing or top billing or whatever as the star of this movie, but just like Demon Knight, I really do view this movie as more of an ensemble piece. And I'm, I, I, I where I'm using that in fairly loose terms for regards to making giving it some sort of credit. Uh, but yeah, it, it's definitely more of a cast thing for me with this movie, not just a Dennis Miller movie. Yes. Well, well, let me ask you this, uh, gentlemen. Would you consider the lead of a movie the man who was paid $1 million? Oh, my God. Oh, wow. You got a million bucks for this. So, for you know, for a million and a half, that's some good practical effects. It's 40% of the movie's budget. <laughs> well, I don't think... Here's the thing. I don't think a million and a half was entirely the effects, though. Because, Obviously not. Yeah. But, Angie Everett's got to get paid. Chris Sheridan's got to get paid. Chris... Uh, Sarandon? Sorry, Sarandon, yes. Chris Sarandon's got to get paid. Well, I got to tell you something, because they wanted... <laughs> Joel Silver wanted Dennis Miller mm-hmm. and Angie Everhart. Angie Everhart, of course, being a supermodel at the time and who only had a very small role in Last Action Hero, barely any acting experience, but he basically was like, supermodel actresses are the next big thing. And we all found out that was true yes. when Sidney Crawford uh, was in Fair Game. Yes. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, Everhart Which is also based on the same book that Cobra is based on. 
<laughs> Written by Sylvester Stallone. Legitimately, it is. <laughs> oh, is it? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, Dennis Miller did not want to make this movie. No. They, they said, you want to make Tales from the Crypt presents Bordello of Blood? He was like, no, babe. <laughs> Listen, yeah. Uh, sarcastically, he said, I'll do it for a million dollars, babe. And Joel Silver went to Universal. Uh-huh. Universal said, fuck no. <laughs> We're not putting up a million dollars for Dennis Miller. And, and, and so... <laughs> Joel Silver cut $750,000 from the special effects budget just to hire Dennis Miller. I guess at that point, Dennis was like, well, all right, I guess. Shit, if if you're going to pay me, I guess I got to do it now. And then he was like... Ah, jeez, what'd I do, babe? (laughs) He was like, that was just a joke, just a little titter. The movie was filmed in Vancouver. And because Joel Silver had a bunch of union disputes. (laughs) So apparently Dennis Miller, well, he had his show at the time, Dennis Miller Live, and he could only film um, basically very, not very often at night, usually during the week and the weekend. So Dennis um, was not an easy person to work with because he was not particularly happy about being there. You know what? That's bullshit. That I, that is bullshit. If someone's giving me a million dollars to make a movie, I am happy as a clam. I shut up and I do my job. Well, here's the thing. So not only was he difficult to work with in just terms of, you know, behavior on set, he also, because of Dennis Miller Live, he only could film on weekends. So the crew would have to film the rest of the movie during the week and then work on weekends. And then sometimes he sent his assistant to the set five minutes before they would shoot to tell him that Dennis was too tired to shoot tonight. (laughs) Oh, my God. But you you get it, too, to some extent. Hold on, though. There's one more thing, though. There's one more thing that just ties this together in a nice little bow. Dennis Miller hated the script. Mm. And fair, whatever. It was probably bad. But he improvised most of his lines. Mm. Like, everything he says is almost all him. And because of that, the continuity person had a very tough time realizing where they were in the script. And when the script supervisor had to stand in for Dennis Miller, because he was almost never there... (laughs) <laughs> they couldn't. They had a hard time timing it, and a lot of continuity problems because of the improv. Yeah. So imagine. all in all, not a fun shoot. Apparently, does not sound like it. <laughs> no. I don't blame Dennis Miller too much from the from the perspective of it wasn't something he ever wanted to do in the first place. He threw out what he thought was a silly number, and they gave it to him. And he's like, I don't even want to be here, so I'm going to do it on my terms. And you know, not showing up to set. Yes, that's terribly unprofessional, and you shouldn't do that. But I kind of get it. I don't think it's right. I think he's an asshole, but. Especially because yeah. other people suffered because of it, but I kind of get it. Can you imagine like being the special effects people? It's like, hey, uh, we cut seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars out of your budget. Yeah, Why, so. Dennis Miller, babe? <laughs> gotta I gotta tell you this: if I don't know, I'm, I'm assuming they didn't get any sort of nod, nomination, or award uh, no. for it. But for the amount of money that they cut out of that budget and the practical effects that they used in this movie, mm. they deserve an Oscar. <laughs> Just for work rate alone. Just for work rate alone. Just imagine, though, the set pieces they had planned with that extra money. Oh, I could only. Like, that would have been... I think that would have been incredible. I I feel it would have looked a lot less like a television episode yeah. uh, than it did. Yeah. You got a point there, babe. <laughs> so... Dennis Miller comes in, and he's sitting in the police office. Uh, why is he sitting there? Who knows? I just assumed he was there creeping on women. <laughs> yeah. That's where he picks up. Yeah. And Catherine is talking to the cops. We're only 21 minutes into this movie. I got to speed through this. <laughs> Catherine is there talking to the cops and trying to find her brother. Of course, Corey Feldman. She doesn't know where he is. 
And Dennis cracks a couple jokes like, you don't want these jokers to help you out, babe. They're, they're, they're useless or whatever. And I'm like, wow, he was ahead of his time. All cops are <laughs> bastards, babe. You got to understand. They're worse than uh, uh, Bull Connor in 1955 in Georgia, babe. <laughs> I don't know if Will Connor was in Georgia, maybe Alabama. But we learned that Dennis is a, is a private dick. We all know he's a dick, but he's also a private dick. He's not and private he, about it at all these days. <laughs> no. He, oh, he has a marquee outside of his office. <laughs> like a big theater marquee. Um, and he does, he does have a couple tasty snacks that he offers Catherine, though. Uh, you want some cookies, some Prozac, some popcorn? <laughs> And he's basically like, listen, I- I'm, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you find your brother. And uh, hold on. I now have to talk with my ex-wife on the phone about how she dr- almost drove me to homosexuality. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of weird quips. Well, um, yeah. And it, it's it's actually, it's funny because as, as I was watching this, I was, it, it's it's something that no one would have, would have batted an eye at um, <laughs> at all uh, at the time. It's also very reminiscent of, uh, of uh, educating Rita Brendan when uh, Michael Caine's character says that his wife left him just to uh, give him something new to write about. Uh, this, this scene reminds me of that very much. Yeah. Check out our other podcast for Screen and Country, available on all podcatchers everywhere. Wow. Jeez, you're worse than Steve. Oh. <laughs> We're all part of Age of Radio, that's baby. Right. <laughs> Solidarity. Well, well, oh, wait, that's next week. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you can predict the future. That's great. I can. I can. It's almost like I was there. <laughs> Uh, so Dennis visits the two Corey Feldman buddies that were smart enough not to go to the whorehouse, but they're still pretty stupid. Yes. Also, um, I gotta ask, is this not one of the most mishmashed gang that you've ever seen? You got <laughs> oh, Corey, Corey Feldman yeah. wearing his biker tough yeah. gear, uh, trying to be all punk rock. Then you've got, like, uh, the, uh, the... Thrash metal guy with the jean jacket who goes with him. Then you've got uh, apparently one of the Mean Street Posse wrestling reference got it in, <laughs> and finally the uh, the giggler. Yeah, that Mean Street Posse guy. He looks like fucking. He looks like what was I thinking? It was like Dante from Clerks crossed with. Uh, oh God, I had a specific person. I don't even remember what it was now. You ruined it, Brendan. <laughs> like Dante from Clerks mixed with Fred Durst. Yes, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, he goes and he, he starts harassing them. Like, you're going to get that white ball in the corner pocket there, babe. Uh, we're gonna, guys, listeners, <laughs> yeah. I apologize. There's going to be a lot more of this to come. So 45 just, minutes in, you decided to tell them that. Yeah. I'm sorry. You know what? It, it, you're tuning in to listen to us talk about a Dennis Miller movie. If you were not expecting that, uh, you have been, I don't know where, this must be your first time listening to our show. So, welcome. Welcome. It's not normally like this. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> what do you think this show is? The Howdy Doody Hour? I already did Howdy Doody. God you already it. did, Dennis. You did. Damn it. <laughs> what, do you th- what do you think this show is? The Joseph Stalin Variety Hour, babe? <laughs> the Joey Bishop Show, and I'm Joey Bishop, and you're goddamn Ava Longoria. Ava Longoria was on the Joey Bishop Show? <laughs> she was like baby. negative 20? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, Dennis gets information from the dude that's like perma-stoned, yes. and he tells him that Corey Feldman went to that, uh, you know, that mortuary to get Gave laid. Gave the exact address. Yeah, it's the exact well, address. Now, well, that's, let's be fair, Lars Ulrich told them it like three or four times and told them which wake yes. to ask for. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. 
Yeah, so he sends him there, and so Dennis goes to the uh, goes to a funeral at that particular mortuary. Uh, makes a crack about the uh, the 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 person in the casket being overweight. Yeah, well, well. <laughs> <laughs> taking shots at the dead. Good job, Dennis. Yeah. And, La- and Lars Ulrich is there too, putting on SPF 120. And he's like, and Dennis Miller has the most um, realistic reaction to that because he's looking at him just like, it's almost like Dennis is just watching the dude act and just being like, wow, I don't know what's going on here, but I'm liking it. I am mesmerized, babe. Can we point out too that Lars on his back has a Confederate battle flag, which I don't know if that is specifically means anything other than he's supposed to be a bad dude. But I think it's yeah, he's just supposed to be he's supposed to be a biker type bad dude. So yeah. again, because he didn't strike me as particularly southern. There was one in the no. bar too. Yep, yeah, there was the because bar. again, it was uh, uh, people didn't bat an eye at it, and they no. uh, they were like, oh, it just means you're a rebel. I was like, well, no, it kind of means you're a racist asshole too, but <laughs> especially if you're not from the south, where yeah, you're... right. Yeah. Smash cut two. A televangelist played by Chris freaking Sarandon. That's right, Prince Humperdinck. Yeah, all I can think of is the dude from Fright Night. Je- oh yes, Jerry as well. Jerry from Fright Night. Prince Humperdinck. What is that from? Is that the Princess Bride? Princess Bride. Yeah. Okay, it is Princess Bride. I've yeah. only seen bits of the Princess Bride over the years. <laughs> Pardon me. Inconceivable. Yeah, suck your suck your breath. Oh my. Oh, Jason. Mainly, mainly the scenes with Andre the Giant. Mm. It's possibly <sighs> Uva Bull's best film. Oh. Shut up, Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shut your goddamn whore mouth and keep Uva Bull's mouth name out of your mouth when talking about the Princess Bride. That's fair. <sighs> the Princess Bride reign. Oh, oh my. <laughs> um, so anyway, so Chris Arsenal. Randon is this televangelist um, who's using a teleprompter for some reason. I like. I, I feel like a good televangelist can just go off the cuff. You think? I mean, uh, you've seen uh, Sam Kinison do comedy. Yeah. <laughs> and then he and then he starts jamming out. Um, he has a guitar and he's jamming out for a while and singing about God. And then we find out we see Vincent works for him and we're like, wait a second, babe. How long ago was that opening yeah. scene here? <laughs> right. Oh my God, he's an immortal. Yeah. Um, and then. Yeah, he's just hanging out with the little dude, and we don't. I don't know if they really tell us that he's in on anything yet. I think he's just kind of there. And is this where Dennis comes in? Dennis does, uh, does actually does show up um, because he actually says, "So it's a nice, uh, nice modest little church you got here. Reminds me of Superman's dad's joint back on Krypton, babe." <laughs> you know what? We're, I have to pay tribute to this. We're, I've just I put a little collection together of some of Dennis's little quips. <laughs> and we're just gonna listen to this. <laughs> Brenda, you're a you're a joy. Thanks. <laughs> you're just torturing these poor listeners. <laughs> yeah, enjoy, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> nice place, Catherine. Sort of like Superman's dad's joint on Krypton. Hey, Captain Moped, wait up! Hey, hey, what's happening, Wild Thing? You're looking cool tonight, man. You must know Mickey Rourke, huh? I thought it was a cross. Let me take it off. I'll be gentle. I used to be a virgin. Ow, 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 take it easy. Easy. Pull back on the stick, Amelia. Weave isn't even paid for yet. Now, what about this funky little Barca lounger? Break this down. I'm not complaining, but I wish your brother would have picked a less creepy place. I feel like I'm in a Bad Tales from the Crypt episode. Sorry, I'm Mexican for lunch. It's holy water, man. Well, this might work for the others, but 
Won't do a lick of good against Lilith. Now, to get her, we're going to have to get in real close. What are you saying? We're going to have to put a stake in Lilith? No, I'm telling you. But to kill her, we're going to have to cut her heart into four pieces. Some chicks demand special attention. Pretty strong for a little guy. <laughs> so you want to fuck? No, Lilith, I'd rather crazy glue my dick to the bullet train than fuck you. How's that? You're, you're holding in a lot of anger. You, you got to see a vampire shrink. Come on, Lilith. Can we talk about this? As far as I'm concerned, you and I are through. Lilith. Lilith, baby. I want you to know I'm not happy. I didn't mean I didn't mean about the bullet train. Can we talk about this, Lilith? So there you go. That's just a that's just a sample. That's not even like that's not even a barely skimming the surface. No. It's yeah. all Dennis Miller all the time. Yeah. I feel um, like I'm in a bad Tales from the Crypt episode. Yeah. Great line, eh? I, I I bet the uh, I bet the folks making this movie felt really good about that. <laughs> He's like, no, watch guys, it's gonna be hilarious. I'm gonna make fun of your little deal here. Then I'm gonna take a shit on this movie that we're making right now, and you're gonna leave it in the movie. <laughs> you see that writer over there? He's shitting his pants, babe. None of his dialogues getting in this shit. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, Dennis, yeah, Dennis shows up, makes that crack about Superman's dad's joint uh, on Krypton. And then he meets up with the crazy guy again. He goes to the bar, and the crazy guy says says the same shit about goddamn pieces, word for word. Oh yeah, word for word. Well, yeah. If you're a pitchman, you've got to you got to have your pitch memorized. And so Dennis is like, "Well, that sounds like a good plan." And he goes to the mortuary. But the old man from earlier is like, "No, no, no. You're not coming in here. Uh, I'm busy." Um, Casually molesting this dead body? Yeah. That was a weird... Yeah. That was a weird scene that my wife happened to walk in and was like, what is going on? I, You know what? I wish wives would just stop doing that. Yeah, you know? I know. Ryan does that to me all the time. I'm sitting there watching a horror movie and the first words that everyone out there, what are you watching? The same demented, messed up stuff I always watch. Why do you always react like this now? We've been Guys, together forever. <laughs> If you do, if you start this movement uh, uh, against wives walking in on uh, guys watching horror movies, I will just request that if the MRA try to get involved, you say no. Well, I mean, you know, you know, yeah. support is support, Brendan. We'll take what we can get. Moving there's on. Fine pe- there's fine people on both sides, actually, Brendan. Oh, That's God. my understanding. No. Out, out, demon. <laughs> Brendan, would you mind if I put my fedora on? Excuse me. There we go. Jason, you're such a nice guy. Well, thank you. Actually, I'm a kind guy. You are a kind, nice guy. <laughs> thank you. Milady. Who, <laughs> who chooses to not have sex. Yeah. That's right. Okay, so anyway, yeah. The so bordello of blood. Of blood. The old dude is poking the dead girl in the boobs and uh, starts tearing her apart. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of also a lot of body odor jokes in this movie, mm. I noticed. Well, that, but there's also when he cuts her open, he says, ooh, that perfume, right? When he fart, when she farts, right? Yeah. But- uh, no, I believe that's gas escaping the body. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm wondering, does that connect later to the, the it smells like perfume thing? Like, because that has something to do with the vampires. They kind of smell like perfume. So. Oh, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> or, or it could have just been a straight up fart joke for all I know. <laughs> he likes the smell. Um, so Dennis goes in, Dennis is like snooping around and he actually finds earrings, skull earrings with blood <laughs> around them. Well, nose ring. Guys... Blood in a bordello. 
<laughs> it's like finding blood in a bordello. <laughs> hey, Corey, you should. Oh, I guess it's him acting. I thought it was Corey. No, he would say Corey, yeah. but they would have to dub it over in post production. <laughs> hey, guys, when I pick up these earrings, I'm going to say, wow, it's like blood in a bordello. Oh, whatever, Dennis. We're not, whatever. We're not leaving that in, Dennis. <laughs> they should have just forgot about continuity altogether and then brought in Dana Carvey just to dub over Dennis Miller. Oh, Dennis that would have been perfect. De- Dennis is like, I don't think so, babe. I've also got Final Cut. Oh, <laughs> the Adobe program. I invented it. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, he finds the jewelry and he uh, interrupts, I guess, an editing session with mm. Catherine and, and uh, Chris Sarandon. And he's like, look what I found. It's about your bro- It's about your brother. Oh, you don't want my help? Well, here, just take these earrings. I'm just going to coyly walk away. Yeah. And uh, and you know, she finds out that you know he might be he might be onto something. And Chris Sarandon is very upset. Yes, but isn't this the scene where he because she is talking to him out in the church? This is where we see the uh, uh, light of the Lord laser for the first yes. time. Yes, yeah, because they have it yeah. set too high and it nearly kills Chris Sarandon. Why? Like, why did why did the settings go that <laughs> yeah, high? <laughs> exactly. Why is there an overload setting? And it burns a crucifix into the stage. It's so powerful. Deus Ex Machina. <laughs> <laughs> it just reminds me of that weird SNL sketch where Kevin Nealon invents uh, dials and gauges that, for some reason, go way too fast. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like they're they're like movie designs. Like why why would you have a setting that says not say not a safe speed? He's like, uh, well, nobody uses it, Your Honor. <laughs> <laughs> So Dennis goes to back to the whorehouse and and he gets which happens more often than not I'm guessing. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, "Don't worry. I'll have to method act this, babe. <laughs> I think yeah. I can figure this out." Um but he goes into uh the casket and I guess he just lets himself get taken through the fucking furnace. Almost as nonchalantly as Corey Feldman yeah. uh, did. Yeah. Yeah. But he ends up in the bordello and uh <laughs> they have a they have a cutaway here where um, I think it's Angie Everhart. She's like eating someone's heart, and she goes, "Ugh, I hate vegetarians." Here, baby, this bud's for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she didn't. She said this bud's for you, or did she say this blood's for you? Oh, I thought she said this. Bu- oh, she might have said this blood. That makes more sense. <laughs> I'm I'm just I'm asking because, um, you know. Uh, I, I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention to everything she was saying because every other thing that she said was just a ridiculously bad pun. And that's coming from a guy who loves some bad puns. I was drinking heavily watching this movie again. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, I kind of chuckled when uh, Dennis falls in there and he goes, what is it? What are we in Larry Flint's id? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, that crazy dude from earlier is complaining about the stuff about you know how he has to go ki- kidnap people or get them to come to the bordello or whatever. So Angie Ever Everhart just rips his head off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> Dennis Dennis meanwhile gets taken in by one of the one of the uh, prostitutes and he does that whole riff. We heard a little bit of it earlier. Oh, where she's she was she's like, actually and she's the new hire, isn't yeah. she? Yeah. Well, we saw a job interview. We saw the end of her movie. job interview. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But but he uh, that's when he looks at the torture uh, device and I did laugh when he says what's the deal with this whole Barca lounger thing here? Babe? <laughs> Break that down for me. Break that down. She does. She tells him exactly what it is as he ties her up in it yeah. and takes off, forgetting his wallet in the most obvious like make sure you pick up your jacket yeah. so the wallet falls out. Why, why did he have his wallet like? 
Why did he have his wallet like 90% out of his pocket? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah. Also, let's not forget this is also where we find out that uh, he is indeed uh, of the tribe uh, because he's about to take off his shirt and it's a, uh, she thinks it's going to be a crucifix. Yes. Mm. And it ends up, it's being, it's a Star of David. Yeah. And she's like, oh, uh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, well, they're, they're evil just like me, basically. <laughs> yeah. And this is, I think there's a part here now, again, Forgive me if, if if I missed something while we were watching it or whatnot, um, but it's at this point when the, um, Angie Everhart basically says that we don't want to kill him. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't tasted blood like that since, you know, since uh, Charlemagne, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I bet you Dennis, like, coached her on that line. He's like, hey, yeah. hey, say you haven't tasted blood like that since the since Tut back in the day, babe. Yeah. Question, question, fellas. Does that bit ever come back? I don't remember that that's, ever. Coming that's what up I'm again. saying. I never saw. I never heard it come back again. <laughs> well, I thought, oh, why is he so special all of a sudden? I feel like this script was rewritten 1,800 <laughs> times and then oh, ignored. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> so uh, we do. We do learn that Dennis's type is uh, Marilyn Monroe and cheerleaders. So he's the most basic guy, I guess. Yeah, pretty basic. <laughs> Um, and he's not freaking out Don't at all. Don't forget, this movie has to play to the broadest of yes. audiences. And by well, broadest, I mean the widest, not like the broads. <laughs> Couple of broads. Um, That's right there, babe. I do like. I do like that uh, Angie ever heard has these powers to make him see like what his you know what his tastes are, and she says you know I can be whatever you want. And he's not at all freaked out about that power no. that she has. He's not freaked out by anything in this movie. No, he's pretty. He's pretty just chill the whole way through. He's like, God, ah, it happens, babe. Vampires. I mean, it's an everyday occurrence. I could just. I would love for him to be in from dusk till dawn. <laughs> <laughs> just hand me that crossover. There. Everything's gonna be peachy keen. It'll be great. I took care of this. <laughs> RV Keitel, don't. You're gonna die. I'm gonna have to shoot you, babe. <laughs> I think every vampire movie could be improved, babe. Imagine if he was like in Twilight. <laughs> you call this love both of you are sparkling like my watch in a sunstorm, babe. Why why does this why does that werewolf want to fuck that baby, babe? I don't get it. It's not not my I mean I like young chicks, babe, but not that young. I seen less glitter at an East LA strip bar, babe. <laughs> well there there's so much glitter I'm I'm a, I every every time I walk around a corner I expect to r- bump into Mariah Carey, babe. I, I, sorry, uh, a punch up of that. Every time I walked around the corner, so much glitter, babe. Every time I walked around the corner, I expected to run into Rip Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, we are having fun. <laughs> we are, even if, even if no one else is. <laughs> well, well, you know, you, you, you got to do what you can to keep your mind straight in these uncertain times. That is true. That's what happens when you have me on. We do one for us, right? That's right. <laughs> yeah, or Stephen Izzy happens. or anybody else. Or just Nathan and I. <laughs> But Dennis does the, um, he gets away and we do the cliche, go to the cops and bring them to the whorehouse to show them what's going on. Mm. And there's no evidence no. to be found no. scene. <laughs> Completely. Uh, it's, it's, he burns a $1,000 casket just to, just to be like, oh, he goes down the tunnel, babe. And then it burns the casket. Yeah. How does that work? How do they fix that? I want to know. Um. I want to know how they clean that all up. That's the movie I want to see. You, so so for you, you'd rather see like um, Star Wars where the contractors are just working on the Death Star. Yeah, I want to see how the <laughs> logistics that went into building that massive ba- battle station. 
But yeah, he, he shows he shows him around, and there's nothing there. And, oh, but uh, don't they before they do that? Um, they they have their he him and Catherine go to the police station, and the apparently the the chief or head the sheriff or whatever can't be bothered to stop eating his lunch while he takes you know a, a statement for a possible crime. Did it feel like to you guys that Dennis Miller was genuinely angry in this scene when he was like, you're going to get some of that food in your mouth? Like, he didn't even say babe. I think he was mad. This is so unprofessional. Never yeah. seen anything like this before. It was just it was just cut around. He had a Christian Bale, like, uh, break, and they just edited around it, and that's what we got. <laughs> so, yeah, the cops thing doesn't work out. Um, and we find out, surprise, surprise, Chris Sarandon, the priest, is in on it. Yes. And he's all about these sinners getting killed in a whorehouse. That sounds like a grand plan. He's doing the Lord's work, Brendan. He's, you know, he's doing a bad thing, but for good results. Because as we know, the ends always justify the means. I do wonder why Vincent is afraid of him at all, though. Because he ha- literally has a key and can just tell Lilith to murder the priest if he has to. Like, I don't know why he's intimidated by him at all. Yeah. Yeah, do we ever find out why Vincent gave him the key? Wouldn't Vincent just keep the key for himself? He does like, have the key. He does, he but he has it. to steal it back at one point. Yeah, because he, he gives he it to Chris money. Sarandon, and Chris Sarandon puts it in the uh, puts it in the safe. Yeah. See, I thought he just stole money. I was really confused by that. No, scene. he wanted to make extra money on the side, and and uh, uh, the priest wouldn't or the pr- pastor wouldn't let him, and so he got mad and stole the key. Like, I was like four or five beers deep by I that understand. point. I understand. <laughs> um. So yeah, he try. Okay, so okay, fine. So he t- he did take the key back later. Okay, uh, and and actually, I think it's pretty much right here when it happens. Uh, at the same time, Catherine approaches um, Chris Sarandon and says, "I want to make a documentary," and I'm like, "What? what? <laughs> what? Wait a second! What movie are we in?" <laughs> so I want to make a documentary about people who like about lust. And I guess that's supposed to set up something in the next scene, which makes no yeah, sense because otherwise. I'm sorry. You don't say, yeah, this is greenlit and start filming the same fucking night. <laughs> <laughs> well, but to be fair, though, they have a big operation with lots of equipment. So it is possible that she could just grab a cameraman and go. <laughs> I think she had all the crew outside waiting. Yeah, oh, like, no, they're, oh, no. Well, it's a church. They're on call 24 seven because they're working for the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. They work hard for their money, but they get none of it, no, honey. No, no. They, they get paid worse than Scientologists, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty bad. Yeah. Because <laughs> they get zero dollars. <laughs> yeah, but otherwise, they're pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, Miss Gavitt's wife's not missing. No. no. She's, she's, she's where she's is she? she where, where is Shelly? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Nathan, she's just <laughs> in the other room. Yeah. Leave her alone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Vincent and Lilith, Vincent steals the key back. He goes with Lilith to the strip club. Mm. And he's like, check out this establishment. We could use this as a second uh, building. He's basically proposing business plans uh, to extend the business. And, of course, Chris Sarandon comes in all, like, hidden and everything so nobody sees him. And he's very upset. Very, very upset. And then (laughs) Catherine just bursts through the door with her fucking documentary crew. Clearly the only (laughs) documentary she has ever seen is like local consumer news reports. That's the most documentary like thing she's ever seen. And that's how you were. You just bust in and be like, what's going on here? What do you get out of this? (laughs) She took her her lessons from Nancy Grace. Yeah. (laughs) Or Nancy Regan. (laughs) Local reference. (laughs) I know who killed Natalie Holloway. You listen, Buster. It's <laughs> my best Nancy Grace. <laughs> Marijuana cookies. 
Did somebody move my chair because it is in a different place? <laughs> Why do I have... Oh. Oh, right. Oh, okay. who's got the drunken notes now? Uh, well, I just have Dennis Austin Powers some dead bodies, and it's because he finds... Does he felt... rip their face off? I don't think you've seen Austin Powers. No, he, he rips that lady's face off, and oh, there's just no, a skull no. left. Yeah, in, this, in a scene that ages really well. <laughs> no, but he takes pictures of Corey Feldman and his buddy in the casket, and while he's doing he's like, that's right, pose to the center. Oh, beautiful, beautiful, babe. Like, he's doing that. <laughs> I, they also oh uh, in uh, before um, when they actually uh, when, when they burn the the thousand dollar casket uh, again the uh, the movie does remind us uh, that there are better movies for us to be watching uh, because Dennis Miller says the gaslighting me babe <laughs> yes go watch thirties movies instead of this movie <laughs> uh, so Vincent. And Lilith are outside the strip club. Uh, Chris Sarandon confronts them again. And Lilith is like, go ahead, Vincent. Break the key. Please do it for me. And Chris Sarandon is like, no, give me the key. She's fucking crazy. And, of course, Vincent smashes the key. Real stupidly. Like, that's a stupid... You don't... Like, why? Why would you let a vampire free? What possible yeah, benefit because is there for in, in that, and that's And that's just it. He doesn't need to break the key. He just needs to never give it back to yeah. Chris Sarandon. Mm-hmm. And he's got a vampire at his control. So how could, yeah. he, how could he ever get it taken from him? Maybe. I guess if he locks it in his safe and then somebody breaks into it. Maybe she's withholding sex. Oh, maybe. <laughs> Catherine, meanwhile, because she got Lilith on camera, she's watching the footage back and she realizes that... There's no one on the video. I keep wanting, every time I talk in this episode, I keep wanting to do the Dennis Miller voice. I have to <laughs> no stop myself video, because I'm not doing the entire episode like it's that. It's empty. It's, it's, there's no... There's no one there. It's like... <laughs> it's like, it's like, like Geraldo Rivera opening up Al Capone's vault. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, knock, knock, no one's home, babe. No one's there, babe. <laughs> <laughs> this gangster's on vacation. Oh, my God. I'm going to get so many unsubscribes because of this. <laughs> All they do is make stupid Dennis Miller jokes. Oh, no. Dennis Miller fan 92 gave us a downvote. <laughs> oh, so Catherine realizes, yes, the, maybe you're right. Maybe they are vampires. And uh, she's, you know, she's into it. She's, she's into it. And they get a call from Corey Feldman, which I was like, that's weird. Mm. I thought he was dead. And, you know, we played that clip earlier. They're go, they're traveling to go meet with him. Dennis makes the quip about, it's like a bad tales from the crypt episode, ah. babe. And then, and then there's a gas leak. And he's like, oh, I had Mexican food. Like, he can't stop. <laughs> he is unstoppable like the train in that Denzel Washington movie. <laughs> Remember the Titans. But they stopped that uh. train. So the name doesn't <laughs> the equalizer? Work. Yeah, that's the one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're off looking for Corey, Fel- Corey Feldman. Of course, he's a vampire now. And he traps them. And even though they Tarzan across uh, to another platform <laughs> via a chain that just happens to be there, Catherine is caught and chloroformed. And uh, Dennis ends up in a hospital bed face down. Yeah. Which I thought was strange. <laughs> it's, like, it's like they want to fuck with his dignity while they have him there, too. They're going to strap him ass up. I just kept ex- I just kept expecting someone to show up and be like, my name is Buck. Yeah. And I came here to fuck. Yeah, it really seemed like there was going to be a rape scene. Oh, oh I thought God. he was just there to party. <laughs> oh, oh, God, I've never hoped more in my life that someone would be a bottom babe. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so Dennis makes it out of there because I think it's like the the cop that was in the room gets fu- gets fucking killed by the nurse who's also a vampire. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. And why was the sheriff there? Like just like outside? Because uh, he doesn't like Dennis, I think. <laughs> oh, sorry. But, let's point out too. Rafe Guffman. We hear his name about Rafe 15- Gutman. Rafe Gutman. 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 No, it's 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 everybody says Gutman, and it's the guy who runs the. Um, the guy who runs the mortuary who's, who's constantly saying, uh, Gutman. Yeah, 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 I think it's right, just like Gutman. Yeah. Gutman. But anyways, yeah, they say it like 15 times. A right weird name the... choice yeah. for Dennis Moe's character. Yeah. Like, like, they said it so much, like, I thought, are they putting out an action figure or something? So people need to know. It's like, oh, oh give God. me the, the Rafe oh, Gutman. Oh, God. I hope you can't pull its string. <laughs> <laughs> With real quipping action. Says, says five authentic Dennis Miller catchphrase. I can't believe I did this fucking b- bullshit, babe. They, uh, I don't want to get off on a rant, babe, but... They had to cancel the toy because 1995 technology didn't allow them to have the proper amount of sound clips that Dennis Miller would approve it. It was just... It was, there wasn't enough hard drive space. A million so. dollars is a lot of money, babe. It's like, Dennis, Dennis the doll can't hold a 20-minute rant uh, about uh, the southern economy, Okay. <laughs> All right, cut it down to 17 and we'll talk. We got to have at least 16 minutes of Bill Clinton jokes. <laughs> so, how does he blow up the vampire? He, like, sticks, like, a blood thing in her or something? Yeah, or a needle? He, he st- yeah, he sticks, like, the IV into her forehead. Right. No, no, guess- no, 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 no. She, uh, he, they get into a tussle. Uh, you're talking about the nurse, right? Yeah. Okay, they get into a tussle and uh, he uh, manages to, like, slice the back of her right. outfit or uniform open and expose her to the sunlight. Right, yeah. right, right. That's she says, hey, babe, remind me again why vampires don't like the sunlight. <laughs> yeah, and then she blows up. And then we get the quite possibly the strangest cameo <laughs> seen in a while because there's someone else in the hospital. Yeah. Nathan, who else is in that hospital room? <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> no idea why. Did she owe somebody a favor? What What happened? And she simply just says, can you keep it down? I'm trying to rest. Yeah. That's it. That is the cameo. I, for one, am excited for the day you guys do your episode about the color purple. <laughs> because you, you always say that, Brendan. What were they thinking when they made that movie, The Color Purple? Uh, and I'm like, Brendan, that's not appropriate. <laughs> Take this off the air. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Chris Sarandon does a, a total face turn here. Yeah. Um, yes. It's his redemption. He's, he's been necessitate. He's been orchestrating, or at least covering up murders. Completely un- unexpected to me that the pastor would then become a good guy in the end. That almost never happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, and is it like they steal the jewelry from the from the people they kill and then sell and then he sells them or something? Yeah, they had like a bag of teeth, didn't they? Yeah. So anyway, he 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 turns face, and um, this does lead to probably my favorite scene in the movie because Dennis Miller is like he he crashes through the building in his car, and Vincent gets the <laughs> most unlike unexciting death ever. He just shoots him in the chest and walks away. Like, that's it. <laughs> it's very like matter of fact. It's like Indiana Jones almost. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then they're basically like, I brought some holy water, babe, let's go to town. Hit that music. And we get Ballroom Blitz yes. with uh, Dennis Miller and Chris Sarandon just murdering a, a, a bevy of vampires. But with water guns. Yeah, super soakers. Filled with holy water, yeah. yeah. It's pretty great, I'm well, not going to lie. There's one, Dennis has the super soaker, but the priest just gets this crappy generic friggin' water pistol. You're not going to get a bigger gun than me. That's right. what, what is, this is not uh, 1985 Fright Night, babe. 
And I enjoy how, <laughs> I really enjoy how Dennis uh, punctuates the end of like uh, the, this killing rampage by pumping the uh, super soaker once, <laughs> as if he's cocking it. <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, no, but uh, anyway, I just want to say, I think this scene is great. Yeah, no, th- it's probably <laughs> the best scene in the movie. <laughs> it's entertaining and ridiculous. Um, but S- Chris Sarandon gets fucked up because uh, Lilith uh, does something to him. What does she do? She like just stabs him or something? I don't know. What I don't I got know, here? Man, I don't remember. I, I just wrote Sarandon gets fucked up. <laughs> and then he basically tells uh, Dennis Miller and... Um, uh, Oh my God! I can't think of names anymore. C- Catherine. Yes. He tells Dennis Miller and Catherine, "You guys get, you guys gotta get out of here." And Dennis Miller's like, "Why are you doing my voice, babe? It's, like, <laughs> it's spreading like, you like can't the, help it, babe. It's spreading like the measles, babe." That's how they should have done this movie. By the end of the movie, every person should have, over the course of the movie, gradually started talking like Dennis Miller until at the end they're all just doing their bad Dennis Miller impersonations. I really want uh, like that SNL sketch where Christopher Walken uh, had like a family reunion. I want one where Dennis Miller comes back just to have that sketch. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Dana Carvey can cameo. Oh, absolutely. And everyone else just does their... I would love to see Keenan Thompson attempt to Dennis Miller. <laughs> yes, please, please. <laughs> oh, man. I married your cousin. <laughs> Feldman shows up as well, Corey Feldman. He, he, and he also, a, okay, okay, at this point, I had to ask for this movie, uh, in the universe, in the existence of this movie, is he choosing to look like that? Because all the other vampires seem to be able to look good. Yeah, and also, did his stubble change? Probably. Like, his facial hair <laughs> changed a bunch, right? Yeah. It could have been months between when they filmed these scenes, I imagine. But in the movie, it's not yeah. supposed to be. Also, uh, I think that character is such a uh, wannabe badass that, yes, he absolutely decided that that's how he wants to look. <laughs> okay. That's, that's fair. That's he, fair gets fucked up, he gets fucked up very easily. Yeah. He gets shot with the holy water in the chest, and he says, this sucks, and yeah. then he dies. <laughs> Which, I mean, kudos to them for taking that long to, to make a this sucks joke. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even put that together in my head. I just there were, I was getting attacked by in all directions by these quips, and I just like okay whatever move on that didn't resonate with me as a vampire joke either because i was thinking of that earlier line where he's like oh two chicks that's cool like i thought he was just making just kind of a similar like nonchalant like oh this sucks yeah bruh (laughs) um dude (laughs) dude bruh sucks bruh bruh dude bruh dude dude bruh more foreshadowing for next week. <laughs> so Dennis and Lilith, um, are, you know, they decide we need to get the word out. We need to tell everyone about, or Dennis and Catherine, not yeah. Dennis and Lilith. Um, we need to get the word out about Lilith. We need to let everyone know. So they go to the TV studio. They're all set to launch when suddenly the bitch is back, baby. Lilith what? shows up. Oh, we and- also got to, we also, because it does play into the end of the movie um, that uh, Lilith uh, was... Uh, eh, looked like she was about to feast on on Cap from when she was saved. Yeah, and she looks like and she doesn't look like she's going for the next. So just uh, keep that in mind for oh. the end of the movie, there, babe. Oh shit! It's gonna be a twist. It's right there. <laughs> so um, Oliver Twist. <laughs> Please, sir, can I have some more, babe? I'd rather not. 
<laughs> so we get a callback to that laser from earlier <laughs> being lethal for some reason because Dennis uses it uh, to blow a hole in uh, in Lilith. Yeah. But she survives it and just keeps walking towards him. And we played that clip earlier. Dennis is quipping nonstop. It's just over and over and over again. But well, because he shot her through. He knows about the heart. He yeah. shot her through the chest. But she says to him yeah, that here. it doesn't matter as long as it's in here. It'll just. It won't. I won't die. But then uh, Catherine so- saves the day with a big stabbing thing. <laughs> and a, a trident because it's, it's, yeah, it's from the Satan okay. um, set piece. Yes. <laughs> well, she stabs her in the heart and it does separate the heart out into pieces. And then, and then I think Dennis is like, heartless bitch. <laughs> and of course, as our last kind of gotcha moment, we think that's the end. But wait, you forgot to mention the rabbi. The rabbi solved the problem. When I consecrate, it stays consecrated. Right, because <laughs> well, no, because the, they oh. um, the, they put the they put Lilith's heart in the box. Yeah, and uh, because Dennis Miller's character is Jewish, they don't go to a priest. They go to, uh, they go to a uh, Jewish rabbi. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just I like that. I just I thought that was fun because you don't expect to see a rabbi in a movie about this sort of thing. So it was a fun twist. And, for of, me. and of course, Dennis Miller can't resist. Guys. How does this make my head look, babe? <laughs> oh, with this fucking yamaka. Yeah. 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 And then as our last gotcha, Catherine is uh, acting a little bit frisky. It's a little out of character. Mm. So you know, Dennis is a little. Oh, okay. I'm not where this is going. Looks I, I like I'm gonna was, have a taste. I thought she was a little nonchalant that, that she found out that her brother got turned into a vampire and then died. Yeah, she was pretty okay with it. Yeah. And then they get in the car, and things seem to be getting a little hot and heavy. But wait a second, guys. She's got two little bite marks on her leg, close to her vagina. So Angie Everhart went down on her. Yeah. And then Catherine is biting Dennis Miller's neck as we pan back. But did you guys notice how lazy that scene looked? <laughs> because <laughs> she's just barely holding on to him with one hand. And Dennis is just kind of doing like the worst like yeah. fake like flailing around. <laughs> but to be fair, Brendan, do you want to put your mouth on Dennis Miller? No, I'm not saying she's doing a bad job. I'm saying Dennis is giving it nothing. <laughs> it's like, it's the, the last shot better be the last shot. Dennis, that's not usually how we shoot movies. We shoot out of order. Not in this set, babe. <laughs> Go back and complete scenes 13 through 78. That's why they filmed then you that can talk to me. They, they filmed that scene of, of her getting eaten out, and then they cut it. Despite the fact that it would have blown the secret. It was just for Dennis. They De- just filmed it anyways to have for Dennis's personal collection. I was going to say, it was just for Dennis. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, come on. There's nothing about about him about that. We shouldn't say that. <laughs> hey, it's only this. It's it's for me. It's for Miller time, babe. <laughs> oh, oh my god, how many times he's probably said that in real life? <laughs> so we go back to the crypt keeper because this story is over, and we learn that the mummy has uh, is nothing but a head now. Quit while you're ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Bye, kitties. <laughs> and then a bunch of cats walk by. Kitties. And that is Bordello of Blood. Whoa. Jason, you're a guest, so yes. I'll ask you. I'll ask you this question. Sure. Would you recommend this film? Sure. It is the start of Dennis Miller's long and storied film career, so <laughs> it certainly has... It's good to see where it all began, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, and there's there's some pretty cool uh, practical effects in this movie, for, especially given the budget they were working on. As Nathan pointed out earlier, there should be an Oscar for, like, most efficient work or something, yes. and this movie would get it, for sure. <laughs> be hard to prove it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I mean... Uh, 
No, don't waste your time. Don't it, it, like there. There are bad movies that are that are super fun to watch, but I wouldn't even say that that is this. I certainly did enjoy Dennis Miller's uh, many moments in this movie, but I wouldn't say it's worth your time. Save yourself ninety minutes. He looks so disinterested yeah. throughout the whole movie too. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. We also we kind of forgot to mention that the movie is nice and brisk. Yes. It's not very long. It's eighty-five minutes, I believe. Yeah. It, it feels like an extended television episode yeah. uh, for good reason. And Nathan, would you recommend this film? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I had a I, again. I, I, but I think I'm more in the I guess target demographic because I was a fan of the show. Um, I like that kind of campy horror comedy uh, feel. It's it's, and God, you know, God help me. I was a big Dennis Miller fan mm-hmm. back in the day. So his his quips with the babes and the Superman's dad's joint on crypto. All that, it absolutely appealed to me. I had a great time watching it when I was a kid. Uh, It sucks that Dennis Miller is kind of the way he is now. Um, But I do, again, I do recommend it. I had a great time watching it. And I think if anybody's a a fan of, like, Tales from the Crypt um, or that type of horror comedy, they'd probably have a good time watching it. I mean, in terms of the Dennis Miller he is now, he's no James Woods. Mm -hmm. But No, this is true. He's still... He's still pretty insufferable. He yeah. occasionally gets a good Bon Mo in once in a while. Uh, I would say um, Jason said no, Nathan said yes, and I'm going to be on the fence. I think um, there's a couple scenes. I mean, I really like the ballroom blitz scene. Yeah. Dennis Miller's clips get a little tiresome after a while. <laughs> I don't um, know what you're talking about. <laughs> a little much after a while. What? No, I do, what? I no, I don't think so. Babe. Some of them are really reaching. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the gore is fine. I'm, like, in the middle, I guess. It's... It's not the worst thing. It's not the best thing. It's yeah. bleh. Yeah. It's bleh. It's bleh. Babe. Babe. But uh, that's it for this. Uh, we're going to take a little commercial break, babe, and we'll be right back. What were they thinking? This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. What Were They Thinking is brought to you by HostGator. HostGator is a leading provider of shared, reseller, VPS, and dedicated hosting solutions. Award-winning support is available 24-7, 365 days a year via phone, email, and live chat. Discover why over 9 million websites trust HostGator. Use the coupon code SCHLUCK for 25% off your first purchase. That's SCHLUCK, S-C-H-L-O-C-K, for 25% off your first purchase. What Were They Thinking is brought to you today by GameItAll.com. Whether it's video game news, the latest in music, or movie reviews, GameItAll.com is your one-stop shop for all nerdy talk. What Were They Thinking? Hey, we're back. Yes, we are back. And it is time for the low haiku. Yes, the low haiku. 17 perfect syllables to describe Bordello of Blood. Indubitably. Jason, would you like to start us off? Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. Here we go. This flick would be great if Chachi and the Fonz, babe, got murdered instead. 
Very good. Very good. Yes, very good. <clears throat> All right, I'll go next. Okay. Babe, let me tell ya. This nutty vamp flick right here. Stupid, but funny. Thank you, Nathan. Yes. <clears throat> this was HBO? Seems more like it's Skinamax. No, wait. There's the puns. And a babe, 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 babe. Yeah, babe, that's right, babe. Yeah, with the thing, babe. We're gonna cap up, babe. Chachi. Hey, hey, babe, we gave our opinions, but what do we always say, babe? Well, babe, we always say... That's right, we say, don't take our word for it. Guys, on Rotten Tomatoes, 15%, that's one five uh, of the critics said this was passable enough to be considered a motion picture. Um, (laughs) 31% of the audience, so a little bit higher, but still not great. No. Um, But let's go into the critics' reviews here, where first one uh, I have here is from Joe Layden of Variety. And he says, adolescent boys might groove to the mix, but most other ticket buyers will avoid this tawdry opus like the plague. I mean, I guess he was right based on the box office numbers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt Brunson from Creative Loafing wrote, mm. Bordello of Blood proves to be a tough slog with a workable premise defeated by clumsy plotting and miscast actors. And none of it is more ill at ease than lead Dennis Miller. Not, yeah, he looks like, again, he looks like he's just down another plane of existence. Yeah. Yeah. What do you got, Jason? Well, I like stuff that's to the point. Walter Cha over at Film Freak Central sums it up pretty easy. He says, in the history of active sabotage, this one's right up there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Harsh take. Um, this one's pretty straightforward, too. This is from Lawrence Van Gelder of the New York Times. He says... Vampires aren't the only things in Bordello of Blood that can't stand up to daylight. Neither can the plot. (laughs) 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 Well, uh, Steve Newton at the Georgia Strait. uh, Of the Fig Newton family. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. um, He, I think, missed the point. Because he writes, Bordello of Blood fails as anything but a gory TNA spectacle for the mouth breather set. Oh, <laughs> wow. So, you know what? You can go fuck yourself, Steve Newman. <laughs> I don't care if your brother is Wayne. <laughs> we have a rare positive one here. Oh, shit. That's okay. Yeah, uh, and we'll see what... Uh, I, I think uh, uh, Chuck O'Leary over at Fantastica Daily is quite easy to please. Chuck says... <laughs> This very guilty pleasure never produces much suspense, but I couldn't stop laughing at Dennis Miller's sardonic asides. All right. Glad you liked it, Chuck. I'm glad. Thank you, Chuck. Shall you know what? I think we should just go into the audience reviews here. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Mr. Andre Locust N gives this movie three and a half stars. Wow. Wow. And he says, hello, reader. I, oh, hello, reader. I'm going to read this like Andy Rooney. Yeah. Hello, reader. I find the Tales from the Crypt presents Bordello a Blood film to be entertaining, and that's why I own more than one DVD of it. 
<laughs> okay. And now I die. <laughs> then he turns into a bat and flies away. Alan C. Alan Cumming. Uh, Alan Cumming, of course. Um, Rice. Okay, the second Tales from the Crypt film seemed more, most interesting to me because it was based on a script by uh, the writing team behind Back to the Future and Used Cars and I Want to Hold Your Hand. Unfortunately, this film isn't anywhere near as clever or as funny as those films, but in defense of Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis, the film was written by them in the 1970s and um, was vastly rewritten by others, with Gale Zemeckis only receiving the story credit. I, rec- I remember watching a behind-the-scene documentary on this film uh, that was interviewed by the great John Milius, um, who told the story about the two pitching the script to him, and Milius telling him it was the most uh, socially irresponsible script he'd ever read. The story in this crypt story involves pirate, uh, private investigator Dennis Miller hired by Erica Elenick to do a missing persons case that leads to a nest of vampires in the titular bordello led by supermodel Angie Everhard. Although the film uh, has theatrical release, it definitely feels more like a direct-to-video quality horror film. Uh, a tip of the hat. Uh, sorry, uh, sorry, not a tip of the hat. Uh, the tip off to that should have been uh, when you notice Corey Feldman is one of the top-billed stars of the film. Yeah, a little long-winded and uh, kind of catty there. So and doesn't 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 really say too much except just basically explains uh, that that interesting tidbit from earlier and uh, right and gives us a rundown of the of the uh, plot. And I'm gonna read mine in a funny accent too. <laughs> okay. Fifteen. Oh, this is from uh, Mark L, who gives it four stars. Mark Luster. Mark says fifteen percent freshness. Shame on you, film reviewers of the world. Wonderfully stupid fun. The only thing spoiling the film's great lines and ridiculous action is Dennis Miller, conservative firebrand, doing his stand-up act in the lead role. Still, I'm sure the memory of this film will keep him warm when he's next insulting working people on Fox News. I don't get that. <laughs> I don't know. Because he wasn't a conservative firebrand at the time. Yeah, but, well, he but, wasn't known that way. But they're saying, But they're saying... <laughs> The memory of this film will keep warm when he's next insulting people on Fox News. That's his people. Are now. they saying he's going to hell? Maybe. Uh, I thought he was a big Fox News fan. Yeah, no, no, he's insulting. No, he's he's on Fox News insulting the working, working class. Working people. Uh, okay, because it. Okay, it, this. Well, you know what, Mark L, your syntax is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Work on it, bud. Yeah. Come back with results. All right, I've got two really quick ones here that I want to read. Um, First one is from Fred C., and he gives this movie four and a half stars. Classic crypt, and whoopee's there. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The other one is from Loose Meat Noose, Mm. and he gives it half a star, Ah. and he just says, gotta like that little Muppet. (laughs) What? I don't know. (laughs) I think, is he talking about the Crypt Keeper? Sure. Oh, I thought he was... I'm going to say, did he think the little person was a puppet? <laughs> oh, no! Poor guy. <laughs> I love that little Vincent Muppet thing. I got a, I got two quick ones here as well. Um, uh, one, uh, they're, oh, by the way, they're both five-star reviews. Okay. Uh, um, uh, Kyle G, so Kyle Geldart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or Kyle Gass. <laughs> he writes... Uh, comedically twisted five stars oh <laughs> wow yeah uh megan g uh i'm guessing no relation wrote i loved that show <laughs> some top-notch writing here 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've got a send us home, Jason. I've got a couple here. Uh, so on December thirtieth, twenty eleven, <laughs> Fabian G gave this movie a three and a half stars. Yeah. Fabian G says lots of good looking women in this movie. Three nipples. What the f? Anyways, had the same feel of watching the show, just longer. <laughs> now, thirteen day or twelve days later, on January eleventh, twenty twelve. Dennis Miller in this movie. <laughs> thirteen days later, or twelve days or whatever, uh, on January eleventh, twenty twelve, Fabian G again rates the movie three and a half stars wow. and says just as good as the show. Recommend only for Tales from the Crypt fans. So, I assume that in those 12 days, he must have really thought his review over, realized that he needed to, to just point out that it is recommended for fans of the show, and then he logged back in, found he couldn't edit his old comment, and then made a new one. I just picture Fabian G uh, feeling the need to review it every time he watches it. Every time, he watches it every 12 days without fail. <laughs> My 31 Days of Horror Experiment. That's the only movie in my catalog, babe. <laughs> well, there you go. Rotten Tomatoes has said it all. The audience reviews are spectacular as always. Bordello of blood. Nathan, mm-hmm. Horror Month continues next week. We're doing this right. all month. Um, give us a little hint as to what we got coming next week. Uh, like a hint ski? Yeah, a little Small hint to Clue? Yeah. Ugh. One of those. <laughs> this movie makes one year feel like five. There you go. Jason, thank you. Thank for, you. Uh, coming to the show. Coming I, all the way from sunny California. It's always a pleasure to hop on a plane and fly out here to visit. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I, and, and I'm sorry I didn't let you Skype in. Um, it just doesn't have the same flavor when I, you and I do a Skype show, right? But that's what you want to do in, in this day and age is uh, have as much in-person contact um, mm-hmm. and travel as much yes. as yeah. possible. And I do, I do recommend mm-hmm. it. Uh, masks are annoying. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> we're, we're not going to do that. <laughs> we're all from the same general area, we're, people. We're Calm all down. from a very, 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 very low-risk area in Canada. I know that is not the case for many people, especially if you're in America. So please. Wear a fucking mask, maintain social distance, and vote! And stay the fuck out of our bubble. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jason's got to add some rage at the end there. Jason's taking some hard turns there, yeah. Stay the fuck out! So anyway, aside from the anger, uh, which I do appreciate you oh, bringing here. Happy, you, you happy Conservative day. firebrand, Jason. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Is... Montrose there, to say a few words? Uh, well, of course he is. He's, he's usually kicking around. Hello! It's your good friend Montrose Munkington III here. I'd uh, just like to invite uh, all of you uh, to check out my YouTube channel, Montrose Munkington TV. Uh, you can also uh, join my Facebook group, uh, Montrose Munkington III Esquire and Friends. And you can also tweet at me uh, on the Twitter box uh, at Montrose the Third. That's number 3RD. Thank you! More later. Jason, as always. Good to hear from you, Montrose. Mm-hmm. Lovely And to you hear as you. well. Mm. Why, thank you. I love that monkey. He's a great monkey. He's a good chimp, babe. <laughs> <laughs> like some goddamn orangutan in the backwoods of deepest, darkest Belgian Congo, babe. <laughs> Amy, woman, ugly. <laughs> Person, man, TV, babe. Old guy. <laughs> Fuck memory. I would love... 
was familiar with the president right now. And he was just riffing like the same, almost the exact same things that Trump's saying. Did a like, cognitive test. They asked me to say TV person man. Who's this TV person man? Is we talking about Jack Benny in 1955 on the Ed Sullivan program? I don't think so, babe. <laughs> I got more brain cells than a wrestler's lost, babe. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so, Jason, do you have anything you would like to plug? I would like to plug uh, our parallel podcast about <gasps> good British films called For Screen and Country. You can check us out on all the podcatchers. We are also part of the Age of Radio Network. Uh, you can follow me, Jason, on Twitter at Jason D. McLeod. That's M-A-C-L-E-O-D. You can follow us as a podcast at BFI underscore pod and check us out because we love talking about good movies over there. I... Nathan Nelfin tells me he dreams of the day. One of these days. We, we, oh, we gotta we gotta have him as a guest one of these days. We'll make him watch one of our stuffy British movies. There and you see go. How he likes it. <laughs> see, that's the thing. I would just tell Montrose to come visit. And, there you uh, go. Take my spot. Well, well, you tell Montrose he's he's the, the invitation is open. <laughs> I will let no. We should have Montrose on for carry up the, on up the Kyber. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> it's like given the amount of uh, given given the length of most of the films on the BFI, I don't know if he's got like you know a week and a half to watch a movie. <laughs> I, I carry on up the Kyber is a scant eighty six minutes, I Ooh. believe. So okay. uh, I, th- I think I think he can I think he can uh, take on that that mission. <laughs> <laughs> but that is it. For this week, so you can uh, find us, of course, on uh, on Twitter and Instagram at WWTT Podcast. You can find us on Facebook. Just search "What Were They Thinking?" What Were They Thinking Interactive is our Facebook group where you can come and talk to us as well. Uh, you, we are also on Age of Radio. Uh, don't know if we're up on the site at the time of this recording, but you can find us on all the podcatchers: Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all that good stuff. And join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash WWTT podcast. We're also on Redbubble and TeePublic. So that all having been said again, thanks Jason Thank for you. joining us. Uh, Nathan, do you have any questions about this movie? No, I, can, I suppose I can I muster a few of them up now that I've got, uh, you know, some of these uh, background uh, tidbits that are interesting uh, in, in, in my mind. Um, so okay, so I guess I mean with the movie, yeah. um, that's you know you're using the successful name uh, of Tales from the Crypt as a franchise, uh-huh. and they can't uh, they can't muster more than uh, two and a half million dollars right. uh, for the budget, and they give a million of that to one person in the movie. Money in my pocket, babe. And given the fact that he did not want to be there and actively said he did not want to be there and would only do it for a, a joking million dollars, which he did not think that they would give him. Could not care less. And in a, I guess in, in a movie where there's so many boobies that you forget that you don't see Angie Everhart's boobies. Mandela effect. Um, I, I, I just, I guess, I really, I gotta ask. Mm-hmm. Shoot, babe. What were they thinking? Welcome to your life. There's no turning back. Even while we sleep, we will find you acting on your best behavior. Turn your back on the nature. Every 
I heard you like to hustle. I heard you like podcasts. Well, guess what? There's a podcast for you out there called The Home Video Hustle. Damn right. Every Friday, we talk about whatever movie PJ picks out the bag. What does that mean? Every Wednesday on our YouTube page, I put a bunch of movies in a bag and PJ picks one out at random. And then we just watch it. We talk about it for maybe like an hour, hour and a half, two hours. Whatever we feel like doing, wherever the conversation leads us. But do we actually talk about the movie? Most of the time. Ah. Tangents galore. Yes. So believe me, we may be a movie podcast, but it's not always about movies. We might talk about video games. Mm-hmm. Music. music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the big one, music. Uh, sometimes we might get a little bit of politicalness in there. Yes. Sometimes we may just, oh, we know what we like to do. We like to tell stories, please. Yeah, yes. I am the master storyteller <laughs> yes. of the podcast realm. <laughs> Undefeated. So if you like to hear about movies, video games, whatever foolishness comes to our mind, the most random stuff you can think of, check out the Home Video Hustle. You can find us on the Stitchers, yes, the Google Play, yes, Apple Podcasts, what else? Podbean, what else? Podcast Addict, goddamn, all that. Ain't no reason you can't get your hustle on. We everywhere, worldwide, baby. Hustle, motherfucking hustle. Hey, we can't cuss in the promo, PJ. Ah, we gotta be family friendly. There may be podcasts out there that don't want us here to say. Ah. Yeah, all that good fun stuff. <laughs> well, <laughs> f- you. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't, don't run the listeners away, Pete. Ah, I'm sorry. But this is going kind of long. Yes. So we'll end this and say, hey, check out the Home Video Hustle every Friday on all the various podcast outlets. Peace. Peace.